2: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Episode 80, How to Get Other People to Pay Your Mortgage with Craig Kirlap.
2: Welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast, where you'll learn to save money, save money. embrace simplicity, embrace and live a richer life. Live life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill.
3: Welcome to another episode of the Frugal Friends podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. Today, we are talking about how to save money, big money, on the biggest expense that you probably have every month, mm-hmm. and that is your mortgage or your rent. Mm-hmm. And we are so passionate about cutting expenses here because you Little changes can make such a big impact in -hmm. your financial life. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tell you how you can make a big, big impact.
4: Yeah, by being resourceful and creative. And Craig's got some really great tips. So we encourage you you all to listen through this episode um, and figure out how this might work for you, regardless of the type of living situation you're in. So, yes, excited to see what comes of this. And first, our sponsors. Also brought to you by Friendship Bracelets. Want to have a tangible sign of your devotion to one, maybe two individuals? Consider a friendship bracelet. Everything else we did in the late 90s is coming back in style. Why not Friendship Bracelets? Friendship Bracelets. Far better than blood bonds, but don't you dare remove it for any reason or else it's over.
3: Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> that's serious. That's a serious Remember commitment. that
4: you'd put on friendship bracelets and like, <laughs> don't take it off while you're sleeping or showering or for any reason, this is how we show our affection for one another.
3: So here's a true insight into my childhood. Mm-hmm. And this might tell you something about me is that I love making friendship bracelets. Yes. I would work on them every day. I probably have 50 stocked up, but I didn't have many friends, oh. so I didn't give them oh. out or get any oh. or wear any. Um, I just had this stockpile of friendship bracelets Jen, and my very few friends.
4: Heart. Oh that is that is one of the Jeez. saddest things I've heard today and you I'm a therapist. Picture
3: tiny Jen, tiny Seriously, Jen like sitting in front I of can't. sitting behind all of these friendship bracelets just pondering life. Jen, I will wear <laughs> one for you. Maybe we can sell them now.
4: Maybe we can turn this sad story into a good story and sell them on our website and it actually oh become a real sponsor for us. We digress. Let's get into this interview. Hopefully, this will make you happy. I'm sure Craig would be your friend. Yes,
3: I'm. I'm sure he seems like a great guy. <laughs> he is on staff with Bigger Pockets, uh, which is a real estate investors group that helps people find real estate deals, um, helps uh, investors and landlords and flippers uh, get ideas, get together, and just help each other. It's a website, a podcast, a book publisher. And Craig's is their latest book. It's called The House Hacking Strategy. And it has fantastic. I have been flipping through it. And uh, it's full of good, reasonable advice on how you can have other people literally pay your mortgage. Mm -hmm. I like uh, that. Yeah, that's something I'm super into. (laughs) Let's do it. Welcome to the show, Craig. We are so excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks
2: for having me. I really
4: appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Such a good topic to talk about.
3: I know. We have mentioned house hacking before when we talk about ways to save money on housing, but we've never done a deep dive into it. And it can seem really intimidating if you don't know the ins and outs of it a simple concept, but still any, anytime you're buying a house, that's like a big deal. So I'm excited to pick your brain and talk about all of the ways you lay out how to do house hacking in your book, The House Hacking Strategy.
2: Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm excited for you to pick my brain. So (laughs) yeah.
3: All right. Uh, So Let's that just start get with weird. the basics,
2: right? <laughs> Yeah.
3: Don't, don't invite us hard. that deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for For people who may not have heard us talk about house hacking or forget what it is, what is house hacking?
2: Yeah. So house hacking is the idea that you purchase a one to four unit property for a low percent down, typically three to 5% down. You live in one part Rent out the other parts such that the rent is fully covering your mortgage and you live 100% for free or maybe even less than free, meaning you get paid to live there while you're Mm. building equity in a house, while you're paying down your loan and just saving tons and tons of money.
4: That was a really succinct like elevator speech on house hacking. Thanks for that. This is my first time too. Yeah, right? (laughs) I'm curious about the low percent down. Why, Why is that part of the house hacking equation?
2: because many people believe that you need to in order to buy a house you need to put down 20 or 25%, but that's just not the case. When you mm-hmm. actually are planning to live in the property, you can put down 3 to 5% down, and if it's your first home, there might be even some other products out there, like loan products out there where you can put even less than that down. And if you're in the military, there is a VA loan where you can actually get into a house with 0% down. So It's just a really powerful way to start to purchase your first home Mm. and just totally eliminate that rent expense or mortgage expense.
4: Right. It really reduces some of the barriers to entry Mm -hmm. by that specific portion of this. How did you get into this, Craig?
2: Yeah. So it all started when basically I really hated my job out in Silicon Valley when I was living out there at the time. Mm. And I just realized that I did not want to work for 40 plus years. Really the straw that broke the camel's back was when My girlfriend at the time and I were going down to Big Sur, which is like a beautiful part of California with no cell reception, had a wonderful weekend. And on Sunday night, I got back, and my boss sent me an email saying I had to get this report out by 8 a.m. Eastern time on Monday, aka 5 a.m. Pacific. Oh, no. And this was the last night that I was going to spend with this girl for a very long time because we were both moving away. So, we were both really upset. She was really upset. I was really upset. And I just thought to myself, man, is this what the rest of my life is going to be like? Mm-hmm. If I continue to proceed through this career path, is this what is going to happen? And I just decided that there's no way I want this to happen. So I discovered the whole idea of financial independence. And then I figured about, out about real estate, bigger pockets, house hacking. And I just realized that house hacking was by far the best and most effective way to achieve financial independence very quickly.
4: Really? Wow. So what is your quitting story? How How soon after that experience, that pivotal time, did you leave that
2: job? So I, I discovered, I'll tell you the exact date. So June 11th, 2016 is when that email was sent to me. Mm-hmm. Then I just started to do education for like six months while at the job, while basically like all of my days were consumed of real estate education and financial independence education. Yeah. And then I went on a trip to South America for a month, came back, and I quit in, on March 17th, I believe it was, 2017, and then mm. moved to Denver and started at Bigger Pockets on April 3rd, 2017. So that whole learning and figuring stuff out kind of took nine months, and I closed my first house hack in June 2017. So that's kind of where the timer really started. Wow. Awesome.
4: It's so amazing to me to look back on some of these very pivotal moments. I'm sure your previous boss would have had no idea that sending that email on June 11, <laughs> 2016, it was going to set the trajectory for you of, well, leaving, but all these other things that you've pursued in life, it's just so mind boggling to have that perspective on things and, and knowing that it can be something so small in either direction that can set our life trajectory.
2: Oh, for sure. And it's just like, that was just a straw that broke the camel's back. Obviously, there were a lot of things Mm -hmm. leading up to that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm actually super grateful for hating my job and and all of that happening. Because if I hadn't gone through that, then... I definitely would not be where I am today. So
4: yeah, gosh, Craig, it's so encouraging, I think. And for anybody that's, that might be listening or, or as we're in conversations with people that yeah, there, there are options. Sometimes we can feel so trapped either by our finances or our work situation or our living situation to think like this, is, this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. And it doesn't have to be so trapping that, that there are options to be able to get out. So that's a whole other reason why I'm excited excited about this conversation because it's creative. House hacking is a means to possibly financial independence, if that's what you're interested in, or other financial goals. So incredible. Thanks for sharing that backstory.
2: Yeah, no problem. That's what it's all about, right?
4: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) What did that first house hack look like for you?
2: Yeah, so the first house hack is definitely the most entertaining story. The first one was a duplex that I bought in Denver, Colorado. It was a mile and a half from the office that I worked and about five blocks north of City Park, which is Denver's largest park. And so it's a, they're both units were one bed, one bath, top, bottom. Mm. I rented out the top, lived in the bottom, but the rent from the top wasn't quite covering my mortgage for the whole unit. So what I did instead was rented out my bedroom on Airbnb, and I made a quasi-bedroom out of the living room by putting up a curtain and a room divider with a futon behind it and slept on a futon for a year and had a revolving door of Airbnb guests coming in and out.
3: Oh my gosh, I read that. That that is (laughs) insane.
2: Yeah.
4: How did the Airbnb guests respond to that?
2: The Airbnb guests, they knew what it was, right? They rented out a private room, not an entire place. I was very clear and had pictures of like the curtain and stuff in the pictures. So they knew the kind of what to expect. And most people were actually really welcoming to it because they want a local experience. And because I was a quote unquote local, mm-hmm. I could kind of tell them what restaurants to go to, what are fun things to do. If they were alone, I kind of was their friend for a few days. someone to come home to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, I've made, I made quite a few friends, Doing that and some I'm still in touch with today.
4: That's so awesome. That's amazing. How long? I mean, that takes a certain type of person to be able to share a space like that, like your living space. How how long did you have capacity for that type of situation?
2: Yeah, I did it for one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end, it was getting a little bit rough. And I, I don't think it was because the situation was rough. It was just because I could see the end. Mm. Okay. So I was just so ready to, to, to to be out and have my own room again. But I'll be honest, like if I I had to go back again, I would do it all over again because it put me in such a great financial position and was really the foundation of everything that I have right now. Sure. And, also, it's a good story. So it gets people interested and I can write about it and talk about it and stuff. So I didn't oh, yeah. even think about that at the time. But yeah.
4: Right. For anybody else considering sharing space like that, what, what would you have them to think about beforehand? Like any tips that you learned from that time of not really having your own space?
2: There's a common misconception out there that someone is going to come in and murder you or something like (laughs) that. And I'll say that most people that come into Airbnbs are good Mm -hmm. people and most people in the world are good. And I will always continue to believe that. And you do make a lot of friends that way. Now Mm -hmm. it is a little bit, it feels a little bit weird, right? Like I own this structure and I've got people above me making noise. I've got people in the bedroom making noise and I'm just like confined to the 60 square foot space in my living room that I created for myself. Right. So it is a little bit of a slog to get through it, but just for one year, like doing that just for one mm. year has probably taken decades off of my work life. So mm. I'll take mm-hmm. that. Gosh, anyway. yeah.
4: That's a great point. Having it be time limited that, yeah, it probably wouldn't be feasible for an indefinite amount of time, but to have said yeah, I'm going to do this because it's going to help me reach a goal. Yeah. So great. Just
2: a stepping stone. And Mm -hmm. that is
4: one
3: of the ways that you, like strategies that you say house hacking can be. It doesn't have to just be, well, you did buy a duplex. It's not, you can buy a single family home and rent out a room like on Airbnb. That's what we do. We have a three bedroom home and the front room and the front bathroom, we rent out on Airbnb. And uh, we used to be booked solid until we had our baby. And now we just do it kind of maybe two or three stays per month. And it's something that helps us with the mortgage. While we were doing it nonstop, it almost paid for our mortgage. But yeah, so many people are good people. Some are a little questionable. (laughs) But for the most part, everyone is super cool. If you're the type of person that's willing to stay in somebody's home... You're just like on a different level than somebody that's not willing to do that. And I think that makes that type of person really cool. So we've loved all of our guests.
2: Yeah, same. There, there were very few that I didn't like. There were, And there were some that were almost just too friendly. And I just couldn't wait to get them out because they wouldn't shut <laughs> yeah. up. But.
4: Right. That's the flip side of yes. getting yeah.
3: murdered. It's right. getting <laughs> too much kindness. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, you can, if you can handle the kindness, then Airbnb will be good for you. <laughs>
0: What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions.
4: Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
4: Where all do you house hack now, Craig?
2: Because I you know, was saving so much money on that first one, I was able to save up and buy a second house hack. So the second one, which is not where I currently live now, but the second one was a single family house that I rented up in Thornton, Colorado, which is just outside of Denver. And this was a five bed, two bath house. And this time I actually had my own bedroom. So I lived in the bedroom and rented out all of the other bedrooms and on a long term lease. So no Airbnb on this one. And that was fully, you know, that fully covered my mortgage plus more, like it was about a thousand dollars over my mortgage and mm-hmm. I was living for free. Wow! Yeah. So you add all that up and you're talking close to $1,700 a sa- of savings per month. That doesn't even include really the, the loan pay down and the appreciation on the property. So it's just such a powerful way to build wealth.
4: Sure. And I love that you encourage people to do this even with single family homes. I think that that's a lot of that that's a barrier for a lot of people thinking, well, I don't have a duplex or a triplex so I can't do this. But you're saying, no, live in a room, share the rest of the space or rent out a room or rent out the basement or or figure out creative ways to be able to utilize the space because chances are, I mean, well, nobody can be in the same room or in different rooms all at one time. So, usually you've got space you can share with people and make some money.
2: For sure, yeah. It's always Rich dad, poor dad, or Robert Kiyosaki said it best, right? When it's the whole saying you can't versus how can you Mm -hmm. idea. So really just kind of think creatively and and figure it out because there's a way to do anything.
3: Yeah. I mean, we love that about frugality. It's all about becoming resourceful and not just stopping your mindset at, oh, I can't do that, but opening your mind to understand how you could. I love that. So for people that want to... Get into like traditional house hacking, like the duplex, triplex type. Where do you suggest they look to do this? I live in a city where real estate's pretty expensive right now. As a first time home buyer, would that still be a good area for me or should I look outside of that or or how would I go about determining the area?
2: So, yeah, I think the first thing you want to do is kind of pick what strategy you want to do. Are you okay with getting a duplex, triplex, or quad or are you okay with a single family home? You know, typically places that are more expensive at this point, typically are going to appreciate a lot more, which means you probably won't get as much cash flow, which I suggest if you're doing your first couple of house hacks or couple of real estate investments, you should first purchase for cash flow. And then once you're financially independent through the real estate, then you can start playing the equity and appreciation place. But to answer your question, I would say, what strategy do you want to do? If you want to do the traditional, then obviously you need to do a duplex, triplex, or quad. But I would really say just try to be flexible and take what the market Mm -hmm. gives you because you're not going to really force the market's hand.
3: Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely.
4: Now... Of course, you've got investors, real estate investors out there doing this to make money. What are some recommendations for just first-time home buyers, maybe just getting their feet wet in house hacking, not necessarily trying to make this their business, but maybe more their side hustle or something to pay off their mortgage? What tips do you have for those folks?
2: So many investors are going to go out there and they're going to try to undercut the seller, right? They want the best possible mm-hmm. price in the mm-hmm. house. When you're a house hacker, you have an advantage. And that is because you could literally buy the house at asking price and you will still be way better off than if you were to be renting or continuing in your current situation. An investor is going to try to take 20, 30 grand off, but 20, 30 grand on your mortgage payment is really not that much. It might be like 30 or $40 a month. So why don't you just let the seller keep his money? Let the transaction go through. You can start that time because you need to live in the property for one year, as the loan will stipulate, and then you, your timer starts. And then twelve months after you close, you can get your second one. And the longer you wait, and the long, and the more deals that you get denied from, the longer it's gonna take for you to start actually building your wealth and actually purchasing real estate. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the advantage: is that you don't have to undercut, and you don't need to. You know, your margins aren't as slim as other investors are.
3: Yeah, that's so interesting because when we were buying our house, we tried to find more of a fixer upper. But since the real estate market here was still hot, we were getting just cut out by real estate investors paying all cash. But the fact that if you're doing a house hack and you're living in it, you can actually afford to pay the seller a little more and they will definitely they'll go with you over an investor for that. That's awesome.
2: For sure. For sure.
4: Any specific words of wisdom or recommendations? I know that you have properties in different locations. At what point would you recommend somebody considering that option for themselves?
2: It's really when you feel comfortable. Uh, Investing out of state is honestly like a whole different subject. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, David Green wrote a, a book on how to invest in long distance real estate or whatever. And really, you just have to be comfortable building a team, be comfortable with an area and really have hone in on your evaluation skills on property managers on contractors on agents and all those kind of things and once you're comfortable with that then i would recommend hey giving it a try But I would recommend maybe getting a couple house hacks under your belt just because it's a great transition and it's much easier to house hack than it is to invest out of state.
4: I know some people will get themselves into the situation accidentally, like let's say they bought a house and then experience a job change and have difficulty selling it. So then they consider, yeah, what if I rent or Airbnb, but they they never really intended to have properties in different states. Uh, But luckily you can rent and still get Mm -hmm. some money for it, but definitely wisdom to try it first.
2: Yeah, if that's the case you just find a good property manager, you know, you don't really need a construction team and an agent and all that kind of stuff. You just, you know, ask around, get on bigger pockets and ask people in your area if they have a mm-hmm. the property manager and see who they're using. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Craig, so if somebody is now really interested in house hacking cuz like how couldn't you, but maybe their spouse knows nothing about it or is skeptical about it, like how would you get about Getting your spouse or family on board.
2: Yeah, this is always a fun question to answer. Uh, so, if you're trying to get your spouse or family on board, I wouldn't try to do it all at once. I would definitely try to plant the seed, right? So, plant the seed about real estate investing, plant the seed about house hacking, and then slowly ease them into, hey, this is what this is this is what it could do for us. Show them the numbers, right? Show them, hey, you know, right now we're paying fifteen hundred dollars a month in housing. If we house hack, we can actually maybe make. $500 $600 a month and that's like a $2,000 swing. If we can save all that over time, we'll be able to quit our jobs in just a few years and then do the things that we really love to do and spend time with family and travel and do whatever. I would definitely recommend not making it just like, a, hey, we can make a lot of money this way, but have some sort of emotional tie to it and, and tell them what House hacking will enable them to do with their lives rather than just say, yeah, we can make like $100,000 over the course of a year if we house hack, mm. right? Just, mm-hmm. That's kind of my, would be my approach, but definitely make it a slow approach. Maybe show some, uh, some success stories of maybe some, someone blogging or a podcast or whatever it is of people who are actually doing it. Maybe give them my book and you can see all the case studies in there that show all those success stories and how they're doing it. And yeah, just. Just slowly kind of introduce it, is how mm-hmm. I would say.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And, and shared information and resources is usually a way to have good conversation. Like you said, the, the book, the podcast, and mm-hmm. um, being able to get people on board that way rather than your own ability to debate.
3: <laughs> right. But it's the same way you oh, get sure. somebody on board yep. with paying off debt, from what it sounds like. It's just being persistent, consistent, but also backing off and being kind when you need to be just being patient.
2: Mm. Exactly.
4: Great tips, Craig. You know what else is great? The, the Bill, of the, Bill
1: week. of
3: the
4: Week!
2: That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week.
3: Craig, every week we invite either our listeners or our guests to share with us their favorite bill of the week. And it is our favorite time of the week, and we are excited to hear yours. Do you have one ready for us?
2: Yeah, I do, actually. Do you remember Schoolhouse Rock? And there's Bill, the guy who like sings a song about how to make yes. a bill into a, a law, into a bail yes. or whatever. I'm gonna, I think he's probably my favorite <laughs> Bill I've ever met.
4: That's oh, amazing. That might be
2: a perennial favorite it is. Bill.
4: Yes. yes. <laughs> that you've ever met. I love how you feel as though you've met him just because you've... Watch
2: the video. Friend. We're we're, <laughs> yeah. we're friends, right? It's just like you have watched SpongeBob and all those guys are they're 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 childhood friends for sure.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> SpongeBob is not my friend. I have always thought he was so annoying. But? I know. I'm so sorry.
2: Oh, I, man! You should have told me this I know. before. <laughs> I would, have I would not
3: have done this interview. I know. He's popular yeah. with all the kids, and I guess maybe I was just on the cusp of being too old to enjoy SpongeBob. And that's why I just never got into it. Maybe. Mm. I was like, this is dumb.
2: Yeah, that's why it's so funny, though. It's just so, so dumb.
3: But we had the Simpsons well, We four. did not
2: get any smarter watching. No. Oh, my gosh. No.
3: Well, if you have a bill that makes you smarter, or maybe it doesn't make you smarter, who cares? We won't judge. Uh, submit it to us at slash bill, and we will play it on the podcast and we will laugh. And we never know. What the bills are before we hear them live on the show, and so mm-hmm. all of our reactions are genuine. <laughs> just like, just like my reaction to SpongeBob, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, authentic, Gen- honest. Yeah. We never make stuff
2: yeah. up. You <laughs> might. I hope you don't lose any listeners for that one, but <laughs> we're just refining
3: our audience, Craig. We're, we're yeah. really we're looking uh, for quality over quantity. So we're yeah. to sort of really
0: refine.
2: <laughs> I, I can't even argue with that. I can't even <laughs> argue with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: when it comes to financial advice you gotta trust the source it's why you listen to this podcast if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet
4: their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table
0: you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions.
4: Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week, Well, that leads us
4: into our second favorite time of the week,
1: the lightning
4: round.
3: Ooh. And it's as Ooh. intense as ever. This is the lightning round, the round that is the same as the first half of the show, but with a more catchy name. Mm, so. Yeah. And just as uh, in annoying to your eardrums. <laughs> People <laughs> love it, Jill. They love it. That's true. So. We're just going to ask you a few more questions with succinct or lengthy <laughs> answers you choose. We're we're not picky. This is the lightning round, but the answers don't have to be short. Yeah. So, Craig, what are the top expenses people should factor into their house hack? So they're missing out, they're, they're avoiding the mortgage technically, um, but what expenses should they be prepared
2: for? So there are always going to be a little bit of maintenance costs when you move in. You may not like something that you might want to change the house will never be fit to your exact wanting. So you'll just, you know, I would make sure you have a little bit of reserves for that. And there's always something that goes wrong too, right? Like you might have a leak that happens or whatever. And something's going to go wrong over the course of the year, probably three or four times. So just make sure that you have some reserves set aside. You know, I mentioned in the book too, that you always want to set aside a portion of the rent to quote unquote reserves, which is includes capital expenditures. Capital expenditures are like, you need to replace the roof someday. So set aside a little bit of money each month for that. Maintenance is, you know, the leaky faucet or those kind of things. And also vacancy is the big expense that doesn't actually come out of your paycheck or co- like you don't actually give money mm-hmm. for it, but you're not getting money for when your place is not rented. So mm-hmm. you always also have to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. What's your experience with tenants so far? How have you found, so apart from Airbnb guests, what have more long-term tenants been like?
2: Yeah. So most of them have been really good. The ones that I have screened and done my due diligence on have been wonderful. Mm -hmm. There have been two that I got greedy and very lazy on very recently where I did not screen them properly. It was only a month-to-month lease that I let them on and it Mm -hmm. ended up in the worst possible, I guess not the worst possible scenario, but one of the worst possible scenarios that could have happened is exactly what happened. So basically what happened was I let these two people into my house in the basement and they wanted to rent out the rooms as I was redoing my basement. And I said, oh, what the heck? Yeah, I'll take the extra money. I'll make way more than my mortgage during this interim time. And it's only month to month lease. So what's the worst that could happen? Well, my contractors mm-hmm. were down there redoing the basement and they were ripping up the carpet by the hallways and they smelt this atrocious smell. No one knew what it was. I asked them all these questions and so they couldn't quite point a finger as to what the smell was. So I looked up both people and one of them was on our county's most wanted list for very hard drugs. Oh, no. So I expect that one of these people was doing either crack or meth or whatever. I don't know what those smell like. And I don't think they do mm-hmm. either. So they couldn't actually pinpoint it. So I was like, oh, crap. So now I've, because I've been lazy, greedy, and did not follow my own advice about screening your tenants. Here I am. I just got cocky because it was my third deal and I can do all these good things now, right? Right. My cockiness, laziness cost me that. And so what I did was I just said, hey, you guys need to get out by the end of the week. I will give you your security deposit, give you your rent and pay you $500 to just get out. And they both took that offer and left within the week. So thank God I got lucky that they just listened to my offer and took it. But if they did not, mm-hmm. it would have been much, much worse. So yeah, just right. seriously, do not take any shortcuts on screening tenants. That is a lesson I learned there.
3: All right. Wow. Good word to the wise. Thank you. Yes. Um, So now that you have a few house hacks under your belt, what did you do after that? Like what came next?
2: Well, I guess I still am house hacking. Mm -hmm. So nothing has officially come next yet. But what I plan to have come next, obviously, you know, I've written the book on house hacking. That was pretty big. Um, I'm going to start doing a little bit more real estate investing, but not house hacking. I do a thing called the BRRRR strategy, which if your listeners don't know, is you buy a property, you rehab it, you rent it because the rehab increases the value. You can refinance it, pull all of your money out, and then you can just take that money that you pulled out and repeat and just build your portfolio that way. So Mm -hmm. I plan to do a little bit more of those in the future. And yeah, I hope, you know, I I think I've officially hit the financial independence point. So I'm really going to work for another year or so because I do love my job here at Bigger Pockets. But then I'll probably travel for a little bit and kind of figure some stuff out. So
4: Awesome. Where do you want to travel to?
2: I just want to take a couple of years and just go around the world. Yes. Don't really want to have a plan. Just hop on a bus and kind of go wherever. And yeah, just kind of be a free spirit for a little while.
4: Basically backpacking.
2: Yeah, exactly. I've done some backpacking Uh before. So yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be really fun. I enjoy it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'll probably have, you know, my own blog and I might even have my own podcast and stuff at the time as well, just to, just to learn and just, to, you know, so I can I feel like I need to be contributing in some way, even if I am on vacation for two years. Mm-hmm. So right.
3: yeah, that, that kind of will help me yeah.
2: alleviate that.
3: Always working. Yeah, yeah. you're
4: a person of such high capacity. There's no way you wouldn't want to put your hands to something mm-hmm. while you're enjoying yourself.
2: Yeah, exactly.
4: Awesome, Craig. Where can people learn more about you and get your book and dive deeper into this house
2: hacking content? Yeah, so you can get the book at biggerpockets.com slash house And if you want to follow me or be friends with me, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at TheFiGuy.
3: All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Craig. Um, I hope this inspires a lot of our listeners to explore house hacking and looking at ways they can monetize where they live or where they will live in the future. I also hope they get your book to uh, learn how to do it. The book is The House Hacking Strategy. It's really, real good. Real good. That was so great. Yeah.
4: I am very excited to do this myself. We are still in a camper. So as much as I say, you know what, stop all your excuses, share your space with other people and make money. Uh, That is really not possible in 170 square feet. But you are sharing
3: your space like with your spouse like All of the space is is shared.
4: And that is helping us towards our financial goals. So it's a different version of house (laughs) hacking. But we do have our sights set on purchasing property in the next couple of years and really excited to be able to do this house hacking thing in some capacity. So really glad to have had the info ahead of time Mm -hmm. from Craig and and all the good tips he brings.
3: Yeah. And I have enjoyed... Our past almost two years now renting out our front room on Airbnb. Yeah. And it was something that really made us good money for a good year and a half. And uh, it Mm -hmm. was never something we planned to do forever, but until we had kids. And so now Mm -hmm. that we have Kai, we do it very loosely. So Mm -hmm. I block out days very liberally and just do what works for me. And I'm still getting an extra two to $600 a month just for yeah. opening up the front room of my house. So mm-hmm. it's very little effort, but a big return. And that is really the essence of frugality you know, if we're being honest. Yeah,
4: you've done so well with Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many ways to get creative. And I love what you said during the interview of just being resourceful. Such a good word to describe frugality.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I talk about that in my book that's coming out in just several several weeks now. Jeez, so many books to read. I know, I know. I gotta budget my time. I know, but for this month, we are reading Ramit Sethi's second edition of "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." I just mm. I finished this on audiobook this summer. It is so fantastic, and so I'm excited for this month's book club book. Awesome! And if you want a free copy of
4: this book, "I Will Teach You to Be Rich," leave a copy for. Oh uh, nope. <laughs> If you want to copy, us a leave re- us a copy. <laughs> yeah, just keep copying and copy <laughs> that. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Screenshot that review and email it to us at frugalfriendspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We select one winner for every five reviews that are submitted to us. So chances are real good that you get a book in the mail to you for free.
3: Mm-hmm. And if you want an example of a really great review, we always need examples. Here is one. It is very excitable, very (laughs) excitable, Jess. And she gives us five stars and says, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) How have I just found this podcast? I feel like these girls are the frugal friends I've been looking for. I R L. Not that I don't already have a few. I really appreciate their practical tips and I'm excited to try the Cook at Home Challenge, which we just ended. Yes. I love how listening to this podcast is like having a light, but insightful conversation with good friends who understand frugality and what is truly important. Loving this content and can't wait for the next episode. Jess. Yes, it. yes, yes. That's all I can say to mm-hmm. this review. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes.
4: We are yesing with you in real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great review, um, but don't let that hinder you from writing your own good review with your personality mm. sprinkled all through it. See, um, see It can see. be no, 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 as long as it's five stars, so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but how silly would that be if you left a horrible was, review that was five was stars? Like,
4: no, no, no! Doesn't have to be a horrible review. They could tie oh, it in okay. and make it a good review. Yes, I don't know. That's that's risky, See, but yeah, maybe try it. Try, try it
3: with five There's stars. A challenge for the week. Uh-huh. Tell me about. It. Tell me how it goes.
4: In the meantime, join us over on our Frugal Friends community group on Facebook chat with us there read the book save some money house hack we don't care but we'll see you next week see ya
0: frugal friends is produced edited and mixed by eric suriani
4: the no 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 review go no 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 I don't want to listen to anything else but the frugal
3: friends podcast Five no, stars. No, no. spending impulsively <laughs> having too much spending too much love the frugal friends
4: who helped me figure out how not to spend impulsively no 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 debt and that's all it says debt <laughs> no 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 I love this podcast.
3: <laughs> I don't think that's how it would go. No, 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 no. I'm so bummed that the episodes are over until next week. <laughs> yes.
4: No, no, no. Oops. That was a typo. Love this podcast. <laughs> Too lazy to go change. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we apparently there's so many options to use that as a as a review title. It might throw a few people off, but the five stars is what really gets people. So,
3: yeah. And if they're confused, then they're in the right place. (laughs) They can they can hang out with us because we're confused a lot, too.
4: Oh, goodness. I don't know if I want to lead with that, but.
3: That's why it's at the end of the episode.
4: If anyone's if hanging out to this, at this point of the episode,
1: they get it.
0: So should we go electric?
1: I think we should go electrified with Toyota.
2: Electrified?